This is AgriFutures On Air, brought to you by AgriFutures Australia, driving innovation in Australian agriculture. Hello and welcome to the AgriFutures On Air podcast. My name is Steve Honor, and you may have heard me hosting our sister podcast, Evoke Ag. This week, while our regular podcaster Chris Brown takes a break, I'm bringing you a podcast about a young leader with a focus and a passion for the future of agriculture in Australia. Amy Munro is the recipient of the Condinen Group and ABC Rural 2021 Agricultural Student of the Year, sponsored by AgriFutures Australia. Amy, who was awarded an AgriFutures Australia Horizon Scholarship in 2015, has also just completed her vet science degree and is officially working as a vet. She looked at gender experiences in the industry and her findings are an Australian first. Amy sat down to explore some of those issues facing young people in Australian ag with AgriFutures podcaster, Joe Mazzocchi. So Amy Munro joins me now. Amy, congratulations. Has the phone stopped ringing for you? Not really, Joe. I haven't gotten around to everybody who's wanted to interview me this week because obviously just straight back into work on Friday after a couple of days in Canberra. So straight back into work and just trying to fit everyone in around um, all the cows and, and dogs and cats and everything else that I've been dealing with this week. So... Um, and Amy, what does it mean um, to you to be uh, honoured in this way? To be honest, Joe, to receive the award, it was quite humbling but also shocking, I guess, in a way because all I was doing was really just trying my best to help other people and encourage other young people in agriculture to receive the same professional development and networking opportunities that I had received, especially through the AgriFutures Horizon Scholarship. And I just thought that there was so much that Australian women in agriculture could offer to young people. And that's why I decided to become a board member and to form the, the youth committee and everything, which was a big component of why I received the award. And so for me, I was just doing my best to help other people and um, and share the experiences and opportunities that I'd received in the industry. So it wasn't something that I wanted recognition for, if that makes sense. I was just doing what I was doing to help others. And um, it was quite nice that other people had recognised the contribution that I'd made. And I, I guess also like the passion that I have for, for the industry. So yeah, a bit of mixed emotions. It still hasn't the significance of the award still hasn't sunk in yet I think after being in Canberra it like I definitely realized when I was there that it was very very significant like in the industry as well but it's just yeah the phone's been ringing non-stop this week and um, I think the full weight of it is only just starting to be processed if that makes sense Joe. so yeah it does and so where does this passion for ag agriculture come from so growing up on the family farm at Cumnock in New South Wales, which is near Orange, we had um, mainly beef cattle growing up. I guess as a kid growing up on the land, always had that grassroots passion for the industry. Seeing vets come out on farm kind of led me into the veterinary profession or an interest in, in becoming a vet from a, from a young age, Joe. So yeah, just that, I guess that experience of living on the farm and, and rural life and being a part of the community 
um, and just seeing the plethora of opportunity that is in the industry and just I just was a kid that just loved ag like I was always keen to get into ag at high school because obviously when you're in primary school you can't study ag <laughs> so yeah we really should we, perhaps, we should we should. should that's another issue joe like there needs to be more ag in schools but that's probably another um another conversation for you joe but yeah so i guess just growing up always had that passion always wanted to be as involved in the industry as i could and through school ended up showing cattle as a part of that um opportunity in, in my school to kind of do the most I guess or do my best to get get my hands on anything agriculture at school so yeah. Do you think uh, you would have gone into ag if you didn't have that farming background? It's a challenging question Joe. I think for me personally having that experience of growing up on the land was like I always had that interest and, and obviously seeing the cows and helping dad in the paddock and the yards and whatever else I had that like I saw that and I lived that I think for kids in the city there's not enough communication between the city and the country like um, there's definitely that city country divide and I think that there are um, there is a bit more going on these days and, and it has kind of just started a little bit more in the education of of city people in regards to opportunities that agriculture provides but even just the how the industry works you know like if you ask someone in the city how you know actual farm works they're not most of them probably aren't going to know and I think it's probably on us as an industry to advertise ourselves better you know people in the city they they might have traditionally seen agriculture in maybe a negative way greenhouse gases you know global warming animal welfare problems so I think that positive storytelling is going to be something that's fundamental in in breaking down that city country divide and um, allowing city kids to have the same view of agriculture as as I have and maybe that means that city kids need to go and do excursions out in rural communities once a year so rather than going to Luna Park or going up the coast or something maybe they should come out to Orange or Dubbo or something and go and visit a feedlot go and visit a cropping farmer those kind of things Joe. I think that there's definitely a long way to go. Amy yeah, that's really interesting but I, I actually I'll come back to the future of ag with you because I think that's there's some interesting things there to explore and but I'm really interested in finding out more about your degree you've finished your degree now haven't you? Yeah, so my degree was five and a half years. So finished that in June last year. The last few months of it was online due to Corona. <laughs> so uh, that was interesting because um, traditionally it was all practical placement. So I think I was quite lucky in that I think I only had two three-week placements left to go. But um, a few other people had three or four placements to complete online. So changing that practical aspect into a zoom call was challenging but the the lecturers did it and and we got there and got our degree in the mail and said the veterinary oath oath, and off you go it's an honorable profession there's no doubt about that do you work with um, large animals small animals all kinds of animals yeah everything joe so 50 percent of our work in in my clinic is dairy um about 20 percent would be horses and cattle and a bit of sheep and then the remainder would be the small animals so dogs and cats 
but also, you know, I see anything really, like people are bringing birds and wildlife, whether it's a pet bird or an eagle that's been hit by a truck or something like that, um, we see everything. Mm. And I'm really intrigued by your honours project work. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so um, through, I guess, my experiences through uni and I guess as a country kid growing up on the farm and working in, in vet clinics on a work experience basis from around uh, my area, I'd, I'd kind of seen a few things which concerned me or heard a few comments here and there that I kind of was offended by, so sexist-type comments when I say that. What joke. sort of comments, Amy? Or things like don't send the girl out um, or, you know, you can't lift that or just a whole – there's a whole range of things, just little comments a lot of the time that it wasn't enough that someone would say something about it you know, but those little comments like, you know, you can't do that or those kind of things. So I was quite interested in in exploring whether that was actually a thing in the industry, in, in the veterinary profession, and whether it affects people. So when I was looking at doing honours, I wanted to do something that I was passionate about and I'm passionate about equality and gender equality is, um, you know, a huge issue in the agriculture industry and you know, as a part of that, the veterinary industry. So I wanted to explore whether there are everyday sexism, you know, those little comments that affect people um, versus your big kind of, you know, there, there's always those issues that we sadly hear about around, you know, sexual assault and those kind of things, which are obviously that next level of, you know, equality. But just the more smaller comments that affect the everyday lives of vets was what I was interested in. So my honours project was everyday sexism in veterinary practice. So we ended up exploring that and found out that both men and women experience sexism in the veterinary industry and it affects them in different ways. But women are more affected than men in in that. So definitely a long way to go. But it was the first study of its kind in Australia. A couple of my lecturers are going to use the same data to do further reports um, that will be published as well. So, And what did you find needs to change people's attitude or language, I suppose? Yeah, I think it's uh, there's different levels, Joe. So in that study, I guess one level you've got the client level, but um, a lot of it comes from you know the the people higher up so if you're in a workplace your bosses or you know senior colleagues or even sometimes the sexism that's female to female so like traditionally you think sexism is an issue that might affect a man being sexist to a woman or a woman being sexist to a man but there's actually that whole thing about women also not helping women which was quite shocking sometimes yeah when when you do read things as well joe but because, you know, I just think everyone should help each other, build each other up. But, yeah. And, Amy, did you find that um, as a result of these comments or everyday, you know, these everyday attacks or assaults, that um, people's mental health, whether men or women, uh, were impacted? 
Yeah, for sure. So the study found that both men and women were affected, but it would affect women more when it comes to, um, I guess, levels of stress and just the impact that it had on them and their even their want or desire to stay in the profession as well. Like for some people, the experiences that they had made them want to leave the profession, which is quite sad, especially, you know, when you think about the amount of effort that goes into becoming a vet and even to, to stay a vet like because you need to do your ongoing learning and those kind of things to maintain your accreditation too Joe. so and I guess that is kind of touching on another huge issue in the industry which is the retention rate of vets so um, I think the average time a vet stays in the profession is seven years so when you consider that you go to uni for five and a half years it's um quite wow. shocking and disappointing but that's why, you know, everyone's so short-staffed at the moment, Joe. Like, you know, there's, they're just crying out for vets all across Australia. Um, Where do they go if, if they don't? And is it, you know, why do they leave? Are they, what's causing them to leave? Well, I guess my study kind of explored that potentially that aspect could be a part of it, but I think that's probably getting into a deeper level of the veterinary profession, um, which, you know, that there is a lot of mental health issues in in the profession. Um, and I think um, in some ways the client um, affects people, whether it's you, you'll have, like for me, for example, I'll have a week of great clients and some of them are like real standout that you just really enjoyed that consult or that carving or whatever it was. But then you, the one that makes you feel bad that week is the one that sticks in your head sometimes. So I guess um, just that whole uh, general community and wider community, the way that they perceive vets is more like um, someone that's just out to get your money or take your money or rip you off or something like that. But at the end of the day, we don't become vets to steal your money. We become vets because we really want to help the clients and their animals. So, you know, and we're there on call every night or every second night, whatever it is, depending on your clinic. And we're the ones that show up and help. Um, and I guess for people to disrespect you or say something about, you know, the bill or, you know, obviously you discuss it along the way when it comes to costs and most people are fine with that but when you get that one percent that you know makes you feel bad or makes you doubt yourself it does impact you so um I guess in that constant like being on call um when you I don't have a family or anything Joe yet but um you know I definitely see that as an issue going forward because if you're on call every third weekend and you have kids and stuff like that you know how's that gonna work um, Amy, um, yeah. you know, perhaps they might need to watch a few episodes of All Creatures Great and Small. That's probably before <laughs> your time. But um, yeah. I, I do, you know, I do want to um, explore also while you were at university, um, your involvement in the AgriFutures Horizon Scholarship Program and what impact that has made to you, um, to your studies and to you as a person and your contacts within agriculture. Yeah, for sure, Joe. So growing up on the farm and everything, I um I went into uni with not a lot of financial backing, let's just say that. So I personally don't think I would have been able to go to my first year of uni if it wasn't for the Horizon Scholarship. 
So I was quite fortunate that I received the Horizon Scholarship and then also um, a Newcrest Tertiary Education Scholarship from Katie and mine at Orange. So that allowed me to pay my basic bills, which was fantastic. So I guess from that first step into tertiary education without the support of AgriFutures, I wouldn't have gone to uni that year, maybe ever but like I would like to think that I probably would have had a gap year and and gone on to do uni and had that opportunity to save up but you do see a lot of people that they say that and then they end up not doing and I think that's another issue for the industry Joe and there needs to be a bit more financial support of farm kids in my opinion to go to, to to tertiary education whether that's TAFE or uni or whatever it is but to be able to have the opportunity to go away come back to their rural community bring those new skills and contribute to the community versus not being able to better themselves and better the community that they live in. But, yeah, that first step was really important. Um, And then throughout uni, obviously, um, every year we had the Horizon Workshop, so great opportunity to meet other like-minded individuals and and students as well, Joe. So just to see that there are other people in the industry that are so passionate and from all different walks of life, was just so encouraging because I guess throughout school I was always the ag kid and I was the one that was super keen super passionate about ag and I was a bit of a standout but to be in that group of people that it's normal and everyone can just have you know the best conversations that was really exciting for my first workshop which was in Armidale and then even visiting like my first workshop, we went to UNE and had a chat about all different technologies in agriculture and where it was going to take us and research that was happening. It was all so exciting and just, you know, you just feel so inspired and excited for the future of the industry. So just to get that boost of excitement and passion and energy from the workshops, which happened every time I went, you know, every year. You just leave with this, you know, sense of energisation, even if, you know, you're tired after the week of talking and meeting people, like just that that passion and that just goes straight to your core and fuels everything that you do. Just being connected with those people as well through the workshops. And then in my first year in the Horizon program, I also had the opportunity to go to my first Australian Women in Ag conference representing the Horizon program. So that was how I became involved in Australian Women in Agriculture and saw there's a whole lot of untapped knowledge here and more young people need to to be involved in this kind of thing. So that was my step into the the board of Australian Women in Ag, which, you know, is a great opportunity, I guess, for my own personal development and networking. But, you know, you just never know what's going to happen in the future from those opportunities. But, you know, the Horizon program has been fundamental in, in forming and, and shaping who I am today. So, yeah, very grateful for AgriFutures and always will be grateful for, for the support that I received. So, what do the next generation of rural leaders such as yourself, what do you want? I want more communication and more positive stories when it comes to agriculture, but I, I just think there's, you know, agriculture in other countries is a subsidised industry supported a lot more over here obviously we don't have the you know subsidies but I think the government can offer support in other ways whether that's you know just building even building regional communities Joe like when it comes to 
bringing people back into rural communities. They need to have something to come back to and there are a lot of small communities which have just faded away over the past 20 years because they don't have the industry or they don't have the infrastructure to allow people to come back and have a family and, and build the community. So I think decentralisation will play a big role in that, having government funding for things like road infrastructure, water infrastructure. We just came out of a drought and there was a lot of talk about dams and I haven't seen a big dam built near our place, okay, Joe? So without water, things aren't going to grow. So um, that's a big issue. Education, health, those kind of things, just I think there's a long way to go there. But back to the agriculture communication, just communication to younger people that there are opportunities in ag it's not a traditional ag degree anymore, Joe. Technology's booming. You know, you can bring people from an IT background or engineering background into agriculture as an industry. They don't have to be farm kids like me. They can be people at uni and maybe if it's not bringing kids in or getting their interest at school by having agriculture as a fundamental part of the public education system all through school, is it? targeting other typically what would be known as other professions and going in at uni and saying actually you could do this in ag you know rather than having these traditional paths for people Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of crossover going forward and there needs to be more communication and more education to particularly city people about what a future in ag looks like for them. Because the technology in ag now is incredible. And, you know, maybe 20 years ago you'd say, oh, ag, it's just an ag degree. But those days have gone because it's where all the change, it appears, is happening. 100%, Joe. Like, you know, just the innovation that's happening just blows my mind. And, And that traditional, what would be seen as the traditional farmer, isn't a traditional farmer anymore. A farmer is anybody, it can be someone growing maggots for chook food or it can be someone doing a hydroponic system to grow food or veggies for people to to eat it could be anything whether it's someone flying a drone or fixing gps you know devices in in a tractor everyone contributes to the industry in that way and it doesn't have to be that the engineer doesn't have to go and stay in the city. They can come out and do whatever they want in regional communities when it comes to the amount of technology that there is. So definitely a big issue going forward. Finally, Amy, I just uh, wanted to ask you, uh, what would be your advice for someone who's listening to this podcast and they're thinking about going into ag? I mean, you're clearly a role model. What, what would you say uh, to that person? I would say to reach out to people like everyone that I have met in agriculture has has just been so willing to help so willing to mentor and to give advice and just to connect with if there's something that you want to know give someone a call reach out on Facebook whatever it is Joe mentors have been key in my development and having the I guess the guts to ask someone can would you mind being a mentor or even if it's not that mentor you know as the term just say look give you give you business business card or give your um your phone number or your email or whatever it is to to someone that you really enjoyed listening to at a conference or um really enjoyed having a chat to 
and, and a function. And I guess through the Horizon program as well, we, we kind of were told, you know, it's not about getting everybody's business cards. It's about finding someone that you really connect with and getting theirs. So it's not about, you know, quantity. It's about quality. So if you can find a few key people in the industry that you're interested in or um, that you really get along with, they would be 100% happy to support you and to have a chat and whether that's a chat every now and then or a structured catch-up um, monthly or whatever it is, however it works for you, having the, the networks will definitely help you to grow and to discover who you are and then you can pass it on to the next person. So that's what it's all about. And like mentors have mentors. Everyone has mentors and mentees, so yeah. Amy, it's been fantastic to speak with you. You're really inspirational. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. And uh, thank you so much for your time. No worries. Thanks for having me, Joe. And thanks again to AgriFutures for all the support over the years. I appreciate it and, and we'll be forever grateful. That was Joe Mazzocchi speaking with Amy Munro, a young leader with a focus and a passion for the future of agriculture in Australia. Amy is also the recipient of the Condinen Group and ABC Rural 2021 Agricultural Student of the Year, sponsored by AgriFutures Australia. Thanks for listening today. My name is Steve Honor, and I look forward to talking to you next time. If you're interested in finding out more about ag tech and food innovations that are changing the future of Australian farming, make sure you listen to my weekly podcast on Evoke Ag. Until next time, have a great day.